Hi there, I'm Clarence Waldron. Welcome back to Black Muse. Tonight, we have a very special show. As you can tell, we're at the Black Ensemble Theater with Ms. Jackie Taylor, CEO and founder of the Black Ensemble Theater. She's gonna to talk to us about her role in 1975's Cooley High and how that sort of led to this whole theater complex here in Uptown. Um, let's just get started. Jackie Taylor, how are you? Clarence, I'm wonderful. <laughs> good, good, yes. good. So in the be beginning, with the role in um, Cooley High, did y'all think that that would become a major hit, cult, classic, all that stuff? You know, when you are, are doing something at the moment, I, I don't think you ever think, oh, I'm, I'm creating a classic. Uh, <laughs> we were working, and we were happy to be getting our paychecks. Uh, I, I thought the story was absolutely wonderful because it was anti-violence and it showed uh, African Americans in a positive light during the black exploitation period, which was showing us horribly. Um, so we were, you know, basically just working. And um, uh, we are all amazed 46, 40 years later <laughs> that people still talk about uh, Cooley High and recognize us from that film. So it was something else. Yeah. 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 So now what inspired you to build this theater? Where did that come from? Uh, that comes from the racism that I experienced all my life, actually. I grew up in mm. Cabrini. Mm -hmm. And um, in Cabrini, living near north, you had certain parameters that you could go. And if you went beyond those parameters, uh, you suffered the consequences, mm. which we were kids, but uh, hatred doesn't care how, how old you are or how young you are. Um, then when I made Cooley High, I was propelled into the national arena um, and uh, talked to about different film projects, and I thought they were gonna be like Cooley High. Uh, but Cooley High was, was, it slipped through, and the other films that they wanted me to do were black exploitation that said uh, women are objects, we're stupid, uh, black people uh, glorify drugs, uh, and the lies, just the lies that they created in terms of our community because they felt that that's all that our community wanted to see. Uh, because of, I did not want to perpetuate those images. I'm, I'm a teacher. I, I, by that time I had taught thousands of kids and I had taught self-love, uh, confidence in yourself, the greatness in you. And if they had saw Miss Taylor with a gun or being a prostitute or uh, being the gang leader's woman or whatever the roles were, uh, that would have destroyed my, what I had did. And so I decided, no, I don't want to do this. I broke my contract. I came back to Chicago and decided, hey, I have to do something. I, this, 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 this racism and the effects of it are just so inhumane that I just can't go about my day and be all right. 
So I decided that I would start a theater with a mission to eradicate racism. And that was 1976. So just a year after the film. Right. Wow. Well, we made, I think we made the film in 74. Okay. Yeah, because my daughter was six weeks old when I made that film. Right. Okay. What is it about this uptown community that you like? Because you could have built anywhere in Chicago, but you chose the north side. Well, number one, I grew up on the north side, so I knew the north side. Okay. You know, I was criticized uh, a lot that because I, I was building a theater on the north side, why would I not be on the south side? Simply because I didn't know the south side. I, I grew up in, in the projects on the north, and there were some on the north side. Uh, but to me, that, that shows the limitations and the effects of racism of how we live. I mean, why, why, why are we so satisfied with this segregation that I have to be somewhere that I'm not familiar with? Um, so I looked for a theater on the north side because that's the side of town that I knew. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're going to build a theater that mission is to eradicate racism, you just can't talk to one race. You have to talk to a total community because we're all a part of the systemic thought pattern that uh, is the foundation of racism. So I wanted to also be where everybody felt that they could come. And that's why I chose the, uh, the area, well, Actually, the area chose me because at that time, um, I think we were living in Old Town Garden, uh, which at that time was a step up from the projects, uh, but it was right down the street. And um, uh, we, there was this theater and it said for sale. <clears throat> and I started at 1429 North Wells Street. Wow, so here you are t today. Did you ever dream that you would have this $20 million complex? I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think about it like that. You know, when I started the theater, um, the day-to-day -day operations was my basic concern. You know, how to make it work. Mm -hmm. I had graduated from Loyola University at that time, and um, Dennis Zaychek, uh, who was one of the founders of the original Victory Gardens, was my professor. And uh, I, I had a very strong education in terms of business, not only uh, theater, but the business of theater and how to make a living. And, and so I, I had a good business background. So my first thoughts were keeping my business alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then my second thoughts after we had been alive for about 10 or 12 years was, okay, I got to solidify this business because we, we need our own space. We, we, we can't be uh, roamers because that's too fragile of an existence. Uh, so I started building my board and working toward a staff that could support uh, a building and um, I never thought about oh it 
how much it's going to cost or, or you don't have to research. I never, those things never entered my mind. What entered my mind was this is what I got to do and I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. period. Um, I found like-minded people and that's how we, we work toward the goal of building the Black Ensemble Theater. So it, it wasn't, um, it, it was a necessity for sustainability. Okay, okay. Tell us about this season. What do you have coming up here this season? Uh, well, we have first the wonderful story of Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right, now. And uh, wow, mm. these musicians and actors, the writer and director is Daryl Brooks, my producing managing director, and uh, uh, they're just fabulous. We're gonna we're gonna tear the house down. <laughs> then we have the Housewives of Motown. Now, what is that? What is that what about? What is that about? That's, that's, you know, everybody talks about the the superstars of Motown, but no one talks about what happened with the women who were the wives of these giants. Hmm. What 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 happened? And that's what this is about. What what happened? It sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds juicy. <laughs> it sounds good. Wow. Uh, okay. Then we have a Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Mm. You know she's so mm. great. You mm. have to say it twice. Okay. Okay. You can't say okay. it once. <laughs> and uh, the last play of the season is going to be the other Cinderella. My favorite. <laughs> that's I remember that from years ago. So you that, bring that back from time to time. That's our I'm, staple. That's, that's a staple. That's okay. our staple. That just like the Goodman has uh, Charles Dickens' The Christmas yeah. Carol, Black Ensemble has Jackie Taylor's The Other Cinderella. Okay. Yeah. Now, any any differences, any changes? I always you, make changes. You, okay. Every, okay. Every production okay. is 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 never the same. Okay. If you've seen it before, that's okay because this is this is new. <laughs> okay. So it's going to be the same, but there's going to be new twists. Okay. All right. Now you also did the uh, music legends. You had a Jackie Wilson play and yeah, Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass. Uh, um, Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick. Uh, gosh, why can't I think of this woman's Billie name? Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday. Yeah. Uh, at last, Eddie James. Eddie James. Eddie James. Yeah. 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 So, now, what drew you to to say Dionne, for example? Um, Dionne, for me, as a child, uh, well, I was a teenager when her hits were out, but. I, I had never heard a voice like that. It was, it was just amazing. Um, and I thought she was one of the greatest singers that I ever heard. So I started stalking her. <laughs> I went to uh, wherever she was playing and I, um, got messages to her that I really wanted to do her story and would she allow Black Ensemble to to have the rights to it and so forth and so on. And finally she just said, who is this Jackie Taylor? Why is she following me all around the country? And she invited me up to, uh, up to her, she had a show 
uh, she invited me to the show, then she invited me up to her hotel room, and we became very good friends. In fact, she is the interior designer of the theater. So she did the inside of That's right. Wow. See, people don't know that Dion is another talent. As oh, well. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a great designer. Yeah. She's a great designer. Yeah. 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 So, therefore, I'm sure with your love for Dion, you had to feel something with Burt Backpack past. I'm sure that yeah. sort of broke your heart. That was sad. Yeah. 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 Because we all love his music. Yeah. I mean, you know my I mean? God. Mm. But that's what we have. So, yeah, that will continue. Right. This is the Black Muse show. Who inspired you, Jackie? When you look back in your life, no, I had many inspirations. My one one was was uh, Mr. John Houston, who's not with us anymore, but um, he was my drama teacher, my first drama teacher before I knew what drama was about. We were kids. We couldn't be any more than eight or nine, and we were throwing bricks through windows. That, that was our pastime, <laughs> having fun. Oh. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, we threw a brick through the field house uh, where Mr. Houston worked, and he came out. And uh, when he came out, uh, we started running and expected that, okay, like the adults did, he would leave us alone. He didn't. He started running after us, mm. and I was the slowest runner, and he caught me, and he said, you threw that brick, right? And I was tough and rough, yeah, <laughs> so what? <laughs> he said, well, you have a choice. He said, you could do like uh, most of your friends, they, you know, they're in the Audi home, and, and um, uh, then they go from there to the jail, penitentiary, and some of them don't make it alive past 1920. He said, oh, you can do that. That's what you want to do. Mm, mm. He said, but if, if you want a better life, if you want to do something better than this, he said, you need to uh, come to drama class. I didn't know what drama class was. He said, so you got a choice. He said, I can take you in the park and we can call the police and you can go through what everybody else go through. He said, I can take you upstairs and you go to drama class. I said, I want to go upstairs to drama class. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, And indeed. that was, that was, uh, and, and he, he taught me so much about loving myself and having confidence in myself. And um, he recognized at that very early age that, I was intelligent and that I had talent mm -hmm. and he, I had been told that I wasn't for so, I mean, all my life, but then he told me that I was and that was my first and the greatest inspiration that I could ever have had was Mr. John Houston. Now as a professional, uh, one of the greatest inspirations was when I worked with Mr. Sidney Portier. I worked with Mr. Portier three times. And uh, having, spending time with him like I'm spending time with you right now, just talking about life, just talking yeah. about the universe, just, just talking. Uh, it was amazing. It, it was like he, he was this guru that you couldn't stop listening to. Mm, he was mm. just, 
his, his whole outlook on life was refreshing and exciting and motivational and, and, and made you happy. It was so, even though he had been through so much, he was so positive. Uh, and he, the things that he said really, really shaped me as an actress. Um, so th those two, those two men, I would say, in my life were, were the most inspirational. And <laughs> Mr. Portier gave the theater its first mm -hmm. uh, donation. I'm about that shit yeah, then, no? yeah he's, he gave us our first donation. Um, Major, which, look at yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know this is um, Women's History Month in our watches, and you are a woman that we love and admire. Everyone absolutely loves you. Uh -huh. we, we, you know, when they say your name, like even, uh, even as I was waiting to get to do this, they're at the box office, <clears throat> when the fire play, you know, they, they, want to, they want to be in your house. They want to come to the ensemble. So therefore, you're just a woman that we love and we're happy that, that you're here. I'm here with you. <laughs> Sorry about that. But now, looking back at what's the significance of uh, Women's History Month? What's the significance of Women's well, History Month? Well, uh, it's as significant as Black History Month. Mm -hmm. It's as significant as the Day of the Dead. It's as significant as of any culture. We, we have to celebrate ourselves as human beings, period. And it's an opportunity to celebrate and recognize uh, different genres. And of course, women in the United States, uh, even though we want to feel as a country that we're ahead of other countries, we are not. We, we, we are, are f we're still undercover in terms of uh, equality. Mm. We're still not where we need to be as women. And when you throw a spotlight on uh, a month or a celebration, uh, it's an opportunity for engagement, to learn, to understand. Um, so I'm, it's, it's highly significant in terms of women in history in this country but then when you expand it and say women, period, on this earth, uh, we have a whole lot of work to do because in other countries, uh, women don't have the right to vote. Uh, they, they can be killed just like in this country, how they just murdered African-Americans, still do today, uh, <laughs> hung us at will, uh, women are treated that way also, all in, in many societies. So in terms of when you think about us just as a group, just as humans, period, we, we have a lot of growth that, that we need to do uh, in trying to live on this earth. All, you know, these wars, this, this, this hatred, this, we're destroying ourselves, the planet, the, we're destroying the, the gifts that we have because we don't understand how to, how we are all connected. I don't care if you're in China 
I don't care if you, I don't care if you're around the world on the other side. What happens to one happens to all. We are all affected by it. And until we really understand our role in this great universe, because it's a universe, it's just, I, I know people tend to think because we don't know and we don't understand, we limit ourselves to this, what we can see, uh, not there that we cannot see and we do not know. Uh, so I don't know how I got all on this, but I got on it to say that it's important that we acknowledge the greatness that we all have in common as human beings. So any time that we can get to celebrate, whatever mm -hmm. it is, that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Tell us something about your family. Your, your daughter and your grandson, have they shown any interest in theater or film and <laughs> all that? <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Oh. My daughter, uh, no, my daughter, when she, she was very young, we struggled because I had black ensemble theater. I did a lot of work, I, you know, I did a lot of acting, I, a lot of films, a lot of theater, uh, but at the same time, um, the, you know, I, it was a lot of stress and a lot of struggle. And my daughter was like, I, I don't want to go into that business. That, that, that business, I, I want something solid. <laughs> I don't want to go up and down, up and down. Uh, now my grandson, and he grew up in the theater. And um, I used to direct with him on my shoulders. He's 13 now, but his interest is, is, is in mechanics. He, he wants to build things. He always has wanted to build things. So uh, I don't think either one of them are going to go into <laughs> show business. <laughs> okay, all right. Now looking, looking ahead down the line, what do you think will be your legacy? Have you ever thought about that? <clears throat> well, right now we're creating a village. Uh, we've bought property all across the street uh, where we're building a performing arts center, a film and technology center, a restaurant, a cafe, uh, housing for uh, affordable housing for artists um, so that we're, we're creating, number one, sustainability for the theater so that it's not totally dependent on ticket sales and fundraising because those are very two uh, fragile revenue streams and can change at any In time. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you have a solid revenue from different areas uh, such as real estate, uh, such uh, as businesses who are renting from you, um, that creates a stronger revenue stream that's outside of the theater that will allow the theater to continue to work because 
we're not gonna eliminate racism in my lifetime, my daughter's lifetime, or my grandson's lifetime. It, it's just too embedded in every aspect of this society. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are, we're gonna have to uh, blow things up, not metaphorically blow things up and start all over again. That's, that's gonna take many generations. Uh, so the theater has to maintain and the village will allow for the theater to maintain but it will also create a culture uh, that where it serves people of all ages, all colors, all kinds, all cultures, all races, all necessities uh, so that when people enter it when they enter into the environment, just like when you enter into this theater, you, you feel a certain vibrancy yeah, yeah. And, and love and togetherness. Uh, when you enter the free to be village, you're going to feel mm -hmm. free to be. Uh, and once that's done, then in terms of going full circle and ensuring that when Jackie Taylor enters into a, another sphere of living outside of this one, then this will continue and it will have a life of its own that doesn't need me or uh, but does need the energy and the leadership and, and the foundation of love that this whole journey has created. Wow, that's deep, beautiful. Anything else you would like to share when I got you here? Well, I'm gonna say oh. if folks haven't been to the Black Ensemble, what you waiting on? <laughs> Come to the Black Ensemble Theater. Tell them where it is. Tell them your, you know. Black Ensemble Theater is located 4450 North Clark Street. Uh, you can visit our website and learn all about us. We have great educational outreach programs. We have programs for, for young and old and in between. So... If you haven't experienced the Black Ensemble, make us a part of your life because you're missing something. You don't want to miss nothing. All right now, <laughs> Jackie Taylor, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>